one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Josh Brown, you've just played a little, a little bit of the old Ratchet and Clank A Rift Apart, and I think... So we, we differ on it a little bit, so I kind of want to pick that apart. I kind of want to talk about the, the critical reception of it. And I, I just, I just want to just dive into it a little bit. So I just think I should probably say that I'm Scott Taylor for George Josh Brown. That's true. I am. Hello, Scott. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I think you're also going to be on the Friday podcast as well, but I haven't put the tweet out for that yet because Jules Gill, he's off up a mountain again. I mean, you can't get him down <laughs> off them. He's, that's where, just where he is 24-7. You can't. But it's we'll, shocking. Um... He gets there out of helicopter range and it's like he's just going there to meditate <laughs> and chill. He does do it. He does make a point of turning all of his technology off and then you just can't <laughs> get him for it. So he's, he's going to be up a mountain, scared cat on the top of the pelmet and you can't get him down for a good few weeks. And we'll get him back next week, but we'll do all that stuff as the week rolls out. Um, because you finally picked up Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, a game that I think I gave five stars to. Can't literally remember, I but I do think it's very nice. And um, and we just thought we'd break stuff down because you were saying it feels like such an immaculate product. It feels like this immaculate game. You're loving the, the graphics, obviously, the way the SSD stuff loads, and you're having a lovely little time. But also... It's not clicking with you in a five-star capacity, is it? It's not. It's so weird. Over the weekend, finally, I'd been looking forward to playing this game um, for a long time, so mm. much so that I've been putting it off, you know, because the Euros have been on, I've been very busy, <laughs> haven't had the time to dedicate to it. Fortunately, there were two days without football this week, Scott, so I managed to you finally jump in and in. play about seven hours of um, Ratchet and Clank, so I'm not finished it yet. I guess mm. I'm about halfway through or so. Mm. I feel like, you know, I'm fully into it now, though. It's not like I've only played a little bit, and yeah, it's such a weird thing it's like the very definition of it's not you it's me because i know this is very much me i would never say anything like it's a bad game because i literally can't name you a flaw like if i go through right. ratchet and clank from top to bottom from graphics to gameplay to weapon variety to polish to bugs to performances to characters to charm <laughs> to all of that stuff Rivet's it absolutely face. Rivet's Little Face absolutely nails everything it sets out to do. It's an incredibly polished piece of work. It's an absolute showcase for the PlayStation 5. And yet, I can't love it. Something is stopping me from loving it. When I stop playing it, I don't think about it. And I don't even have the urge to play it. That's oh. what gets me. And that's so weird for me. You know, like there are so many games that aren't as technically as accomplished as this, aren't mm. as, you know, robust as this, don't have the production values of this. Yeah, I, you know, I, I always talk about on this podcast and on our videos and stuff, when I get a game and I love, it's all I think about. It's all mm. I want to do. It's all I'm going through work, you know, going that's on the Reddit and all that stuff. Yes, Death Stranding, of course. But with Ratchet and Clank, I want to love it because I know you love it. But had <laughs> you not loved it, 
I think I would have been more perhaps at peace with myself and just being like, well, maybe it's not for me, but I want to love it. I want to love it because it I is want you so to love good. It. And I guess, you know, this kind of threw up this conversation I guess we're going to have of mm. what makes a game go that extra step because, you know, you can objectively look at so many games and pick them apart. But for me, that's not what I love about video games. What I love no. about video games is the subjective side, how different things resonate or don't resonate with different people. And it's funny that, you know, I've got this game and it hasn't happened to me in a long time that just ticks all the boxes that I enjoy. It's not even like I'm saying it's bad. I think it's a good game, mm -hmm. but I just can't love in the way I want it to. It's such a weird phenomenon. So the, the tick box thing came from, because um, I was saying to you, like my sort of general like um, procedure, the ethos I have when I'm putting a review together is I do divorce a lot of the subjectivity stuff. I don't think you should be completely 100% objective. Oh, the, we pushed the expert and the character jumped, therefore 10 points in its subject. I, I hate all that stuff. That sort of clinical way of um, breaking down quality, because obviously you can't, ultimately you can't. Um, but I, I like that sort of mix of things. I do think there is some objective measures of video games twinned with, you know, some subjective stuff. This story really worked for me or, or this character or whatever. And um, arriving at a general sort of, you know, real recommend, some way to recommend a game or something like that. And I think Ratchet and Clank, I mean, I, I definitely warm to the stuff that I guess has, because it's that like invisible X factor with a lot of games. It's like yeah. what makes it a five star thing. Um, but I, I completely bounced off, um, well, not completely, but I have bounced off over time, or, or they haven't stuck with me, Red Dead Redemption 2 and Last of Us 2, which I know are both game, two games that you absolutely loved, and like, we talked about them, we had a little, little DM back and forth before we started recording, because those games are the ones that, for whatever reason, I, I got through them, they were majestic, they were really powerful, and they were these big, opulent, crazy, over-the-top, production-wise games, and they just didn't really mean anything. I don't know, they didn't really stick with me. They did in the moment, but they haven't long-term. And I'm not saying that Ratchet and Clank is like is up there with them. It's a completely different <laughs> thing. Um, but we started talking about in the DMs before we were recording about different emotions that a game can elicit from you. And I think that a lot of modern video game criticism, if we're talking about five-star stuff, tends to skew towards negative emotion. It tends to skew towards sad stuff. And it tends to skew towards like emotional weight. And that's obviously what Last of Us 2 and Red Dead 2 have. But there is that assumption that a game can only hit a five-star um, rating if it is this sort of like weighty thing, as opposed to just being this like really proficient, beautiful because you were saying you can't find a flaw in Ratchet and Clank, but if for whatever reason yeah. um, the narrative stuff isn't really clicking with you, and I do think that it, it drops up, I mean, not to do like spoilers, but I do think there are some parts of it that don't land fully. Like there are parts with um, some of the characters, like the, the first time that Ratchet and Clank meet back up again because um, they get mm -hmm. split at the beginning of the game, they could do so much more with that and they completely sidestep it. And I don't know if that's because there's 20 years worth of them literally being Ratchet and Clank um, that they do save that stuff for later in the game. Um, but yeah, that whole feeling of, you know, like proficiency in game design, meaning it's objectively really solid, um, clashing with how some of the narrative elements connect. I think that's really an interesting thing to pick apart. Cause I guess like, can you sort of drill down on the thing that isn't pushing it that extra mile for you? It's like, I see the graphics, I see the gameplay, it's responsive. It's all these things objectively, yeah. but then yeah. it's just not that X factor for you. Totally, you know, it's 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 really difficult, and I think quite complex to try and wrap your head around it. You know, sent you like even I don't, I didn't fully understand what wasn't clicking with it. And I think it's like this kind of extra level that often kind of you know gets ignored in video game discussions. Sometimes, you know, you know, obviously fans are really protective over some of their things, and they mm. don't understand that. If are you played Shovel necessarily... Knight yet, mate? No, 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 I don't even know what that is. What's that? Sorry, <laughs> Ori in the Blind. What? Never, never heard of it. Never heard. But of I think it. it's like. 
there's extra element of you know you might be playing a game and it might be like amazing incredibly recommendable like if you own a playstation 5 i recommend you ratchet and clank because yes. it is just this masterpiece that would resonate with some people but it's well, just like that and Returnal where... are the only playstation 5 games yeah. really totally but it's it's interesting in comparison to Returnal because mm. when it came to that game like that was something i couldn't stop playing that was something that i clicked on this extra level and had this x factor with mm. ratchet and clank yeah i think there's something about it that just it does everything well, but for me, it doesn't have that one, you know, addictive element that keeps me going back to it. Everything is good, but for me, nothing is magnificent. Nothing is spectacular outside of the graphics Ooh. and performances. But from a gameplay perspective, I just think it's it's really good. And I had this same thing about 2016's Ratchet and Clank um, mm-hmm. Remix, like reboot, whatever you want to call it, reimagining. Like that was a similar thing where I was like, this is gorgeous. This plays well. This is charming. I'm never <laughs> going to think it. about it again. I don't want it. I don't want it. I'm never going to think about it again. And um, it's that kind of, you know, I guess I have to think about it in a little bit of a different way because we do this as a job, you know, we're mm-hmm. supposed to round up the best games. We're supposed to recommend them. We're supposed to talk about them, criticize them. And when it comes to the end of the year, I'm going to be flying the flag for Ratchet and Clank, even okay. though I can appreciate that it's not necessarily for me. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to be one of these people. And I think this is where the kind of conflation or the confusion kind of comes from. A lot of people say, well, this isn't clicking for me. Therefore, it is a bad game, you yes. know? And I don't think that's the case at all here. I would never, ever say Ratchet and Clank is a bad game just because it doesn't click with me. But I really think it's interesting to pick apart this kind of weird liminal space of when something transcends what it is to become mm-hmm. something that, you know, just resonates with you on a deeper level. Like you said, with Last of Us Part 2 and Red Dead Redemption 2, those are incredibly opulent games. Those are incredibly yep. detailed. They've had so much money and work poured into them. And, and that's not why I love them, though. You know what I mean? No. That's I can appreciate them and like them for that reason. But what I love about them is because both of those had this extra X factor where they got their hooks into me in terms of the emotional resonance of how their worlds were constructed, how they conveyed that information to me and how it connected to my own experiences, my own interests, what I like from games and it's funny that you know you look at all of those titles and you can roll in ratchet and clank and then some of the most polished games you can get some of the most recommendable games you can get mm-hmm. but you know me and you can look at red dead redemption 2 and more or less probably agree on its pros and cons we could look through the probably. mechanics we can look through the story the characters and 90 percent of the time agree with what we like and dislike mm. and yet i connect to those things way more than you ever did and i just think that's i just always think that's fascinating and this is like the element that makes gaming and other media like just so interesting and valuable for me like it's it's this well, part of the criticism rather than just like you said before you press x to make the guy jump tick you know that 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 because me and you love these conversations me and, and I, like it's one of my favorite <laughs> things to do like to just have these proper drawn out like you know like analyzing subjectivity objectivity what things does a game you know on like literally do well you push x and the character jumps objectively solid um, and and but then subjectively you can pl- completely spend hours picking apart red dead last of us any of the more thematically weighty games um pros and cons of what worked on it in a narrative sense and obviously ratchet and clank isn't going for the same thing on a thematic level as um last of us and red dead um but it does bring in some mature elements it does try to have this sort of very light sort of touch upon you know nervousness and headspaces and, and making sure that the um some of the more nervous characters can be brought out of their shell a little bit and they're sort of powered by uh ratchet and rivet sort of helping uh kit and clank out um and that, that was like a nice maturation of where the ratchet and clank subject matter was before for me i was like, oh that's like a nice addition to the core of the ratchet and clank um gameplay and stuff and i just think that i don't know it was something that kind of elevated it in a way i do think that they could 
Um, they could have done more with that, but I think in a way it might have made it more distancing from what, like, is at some point they're selling a mass AAA platformer. It's the first, you know, PS5 yeah. Ratchet and Clank game. They need it to be this big sort of whiz-bang SSD thing. Um, but I think, you know, they're in, on the gameplay side, they sort of add, like, the, the rocket boots. And they've got, like, um, the way the combat feels, I think, is the best combat model they've done so far. But it's just... Yeah. Somewhere along the way, it gets maybe a little bit too clinical or a little bit too tickboxy, and then that that core that you need it's it's like it's indescribable core to a game that elevates or like totally. takes it down or or whatever. Yeah, it's um you know I, I might have used this comparison before, but you, you, on Scrubs there's a character <laughs> I think JD's going out with, and he gets. Not gonna lie, Josh Brown, I have time. never seen Scrubs. I'm dropping I'm dropping wow. that to you in the middle of this podcast. I've seen that thirty seconds of it. Never never is... bothered. A bombshell at one of my favorite finales <laughs> of all time. Don't know how it holds up now. Haven't watched it in don't ages. Don't know what it is, but man. Really not, enjoyed it as a kid. Not got a clue. <sighs> Disappointing that. I don't know what Shovel Knight is. So I guess we're one one now. I suppose um, this is how it what feels. Was I <laughs> something about um, yeah, something about Ratchet and Clank. I can't exactly remember. I think I was talking about you know I would agree with what you were saying there in terms of um, like the combat, especially like is is really interesting mm-hmm. and it's really cool. When I got the the hover boots, I was like, this is awesome. It's an open world space, but just like the person from Scrubs in Scrubs, uh, JD's going out <laughs> with this lady, and instead of laughing at things she finds funny, she says that's so funny and i kind of felt like oh. i had the same relationship to ratchet and clank i wasn't going i wasn't feeling the wows i wasn't feeling the ooze i was right. just saying wow that's really cool i know i'm wow. supposed to be i can't believe they've done that yes yeah. it's like i i my brain is recognizing that it is cool and that it is fun but i'm not feeling it on a deeper level i, get I don't exactly know why that translates that. i get exactly that from red dead to last of us to those big <laughs> opulent oh my god look at how much money this cost and i okay but have you made any gameplay have you made anything that's new <laughs> on a gameplay sensibility or have you slowed everything the f down so that we have to drink in your production value and it's not that i enjoy the not that i dislike those games when i went through them i was a complete tier waterfall mess by the end of last of us 2 and i love red dead Red Dead redemption 2 as i went through it as well but those games have both not stuck with me in a way that i feel that ratchet and clank might not with you and one thing i was going to ask is because we talked about this before we started recording i think you said you had a period with the game where you were like you were talking to your girlfriend about it you were like oh my god this feels this feels great you're quite positive about it but what was that process over time is it just because it's because i have this thing with game criticism sometimes or with analyzing a video game and you for me there's a whole separate headspace for reviewing something versus just enjoying it as a consumer as a gamer i think that's a whole there's a whole method to reviews and stuff but did you have like a a, a point in time where you were like that shift where it's just sort of like okay the game has served it's used all its cards and now it's it's repeating like i for me it's like identifying gameplay loops or identifying what am i doing in this game and when am i starting to repeat that process and that's the thing that will always tire me out in a game if it's not introducing enough new elements or if i can if i can identify the gameplay loops and then they just repeat and there's not enough extensions to those those loops before they bring them back around again etc that's the thing that i'll tire of the fastest like it's why i bounce right off things like um destiny over time or any sort of games as a service game over time I say that I've put a thousand hours into Rocket League, but carry on. <laughs> no, I think there is an element of that. You know, when it's first started, I think I even might even mention on this podcast. You know, I played the first hour or so, the first level or whatever, mm. and I was like, "This is great! This is so propulsive! This is this is such a step up!" That Insomniac is so confident with the opening, and I still do think that. I think yeah. it makes, makes a great first impression. But after that, like you said, once you get into the familiar familiarity of the gameplay 
loops and what you're actually going to be doing for the rest of the game. It just, maybe it started off too well and couldn't quite sustain that or something. I'm not entirely sure whether mm. that's the case, but it's, um, it's a game that, you know, like I said at the start, like I would recommend it to anyone because I, I love what's being introduced. And like I said, the way <laughs> the cutscenes in particular are directed, mm -hmm. like I'm really invested in, in the story i'm just like kind of not feeling it um but the the way that the levels are constructed in particular like they are they're they're probably the highlight for me you know when i got those those boots and i was racing around that kind of more open area and i was yeah. looking for these collectibles and i was doing big jumps and i was taking all these big monsters i was like that's a cool level and then you go straight from that into another cool level that I won't directly um um spoil but you're moving between different versions of it should i say yes. and i was like you can totally talk about that. that that's the thing that right. well yeah because we that's a whole side thing i think but it's like the game is obviously being sold on this is a major playstation 5 exclusive and it look at look at just how much we can do with the ssd and i think the first time you hit one of those purple crystals in that mining level and the entire world changes in like a second i think that yeah. is incredibly impressive um i have seen the counterpoint people just saying like okay like what does that even do like i'm not because that like, like i would say that like i really love that stuff i think that obviously it's impressive on a rendering level on a processing level but they do have you going down um like grinding down a rail you're hitting a crystal so you are in motion you're going between these different biomes mm -hmm. um immediately i think that stuff is really really impressive but i have seen people also be like but it's kind of just a trick i don't like, i personally don't think it is um but that side of it like did that start to sort of come in a little bit in terms of like okay i see the gimmick i hit the crystal and it changes and that's it yeah I think that way, you know what, that's quite, that's enlightened me a little bit there because I've been trying to put my finger on it and I think that's kind of part mm. of it because when I look at all of these cool gimmicks and I look at how good it looks and how much of a showcase it is for the PlayStation 5, and it it's, almost like it. like a, it's almost like a piece of art, right? It's like a piece of art that I'm kind of like detached from and I can appreciate, but I'm almost scared to touch it because I might smudge the paint <laughs> or I might break it or something. I almost feel like it's something that every time I play, play it, I'm locked in, like I'm locked in on a, on a ride and that ride is cool. Right. But when I actually get control of it, I haven't found any of those situations where, um, you know, I'm really altering the worlds or, you know, jumping through different dimensions and it feels um, like I'm doing it through my own agency. I was just going to say, sense. Yeah, yeah, do you think it's because some of the biggest show-stopping, oh my God, look how much we're loading stuff is on rails. It's literally on rails for some of it. You're grinding as you're hitting yeah. crystals and it's changing. Uh, in between time periods the, that's why i mentioned that mining level crystal because that is the first time they let you just whack a crystal and the entire world changes around you whereas everything before that it's part of a set piece like that bit at the very beginning where you're tumbling through the dimensions um as um nefarious attacks and stuff that's like a big scripted bit um even though those worlds are being loaded in real time and like you know you can see the depth like there there is like a full there is a full full world there it's not like a pre-rendered cutscene but do you think they could have or should have done more with letting you literally control like I'm literally going to push a button and the entire world is going to change or I'm going to like fire a missile and then I'm going to change the world so the missile hits something in the past and then I'm going to change it yeah. back again and that's changed and now that person is dead in the future or something like that. They could have done more with that. It's it's hard, right? Because because yeah, of course I want more of that stuff. I want more <laughs> interaction. I want more agency and what I can do with these different dimensions. But at the same time, I am kind of very aware that while this isn't a launch game, for all intents and purposes, it kind of is. It's kind one of, of the is, first yeah. big PlayStation Five games to come out. It's one of the first to really grapple with the tech and put it front and center. You know, mm -hmm. mess around with the SSD in a way that games just couldn't design levels around before on the last generation. So in in those terms, it's again it's it's a huge success because you know mm -hmm. 
again, it's not necessarily a launch game, but I can't remember a game that came out, you know, at the start of the PlayStation 4 era or the PlayStation 3 era that made the most of the tech in this way and was so confident and so polished. You know, this is miles above a knack. This is miles above a kill zone and <laughs> um, second zone. It's even miles, no second zone, it's even miles above infamous second zone, mm. which was around at about the same time period after launch that this is, you know, I yeah. just feel like it is this huge step up and statement of intent. And it makes me excited to see what they will do with the inevitable sequel. But yeah, I guess for me, um, it does feel like, like almost like an Astrobot type showcase, you know, where I'm, I'm, mm. I'm on there and I'm having fun and I'm not feeling like I'm a part of it, which is kind of weird because you do get to do mm. so much stuff. And again, we're like, we're talking about the granular differences That's between a four or a four and a half star game and a five star <laughs> game. This is not like you coming in a five, me coming in one. We're talking about like that. No, no, it, it is. end I mean, of between, you know, I, amazing and perfect. Yeah, I always love that, though. Like, give me the most granular-ass conversations possible in any artistic medium discussion, post-discussion space. Um, that's what I'm here for. Give me a five-hour debate on whether the, the crystals feel satisfying in Ratchet and Clank. I'll watch <laughs> every second of it. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com 
forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Because um, that's just, that's another open-ended question. Like, do you, because this is all, we have this in real life all the time where I'll just be like, oh my God, have you seen such and such? There's this big debate going on about such and such. And just because of the way that a lot of news is algorithmically served to us, like you don't necessarily have those nexus points where everything crosses over. Like, have you found that anyone is talking about this game? Because for as much as I'm a massive fan of it, gave it a huge, you know, very like recommendable score. I talked about it a lot, posted about it on Twitter. Um, none of those things have affected the, the, the global algorithm to serve up any sense that anyone else is playing this game. And I know that the sales have been pretty solid for it, but I don't feel like it's taken off. I feel like that might be a reflection of where the generation is at. Um, but do you feel like people are giving it its due? Like, I feel like it's just kind of there. Like, oh, it's the arbitrary 3D platformer for a new console generation, whereas I think there's so yeah. much more to it personally. But what do you think of that stuff? Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, maybe I'm looking in the wrong places. I'd love it if anyone could direct me in terms of some great <laughs> Are you pieces out there? on it. Ratchet. Yeah. I've only um I've only seen a few things on it. And yeah, I think that is more indicative of where the PlayStation 5 is just generally. Like, you mm. know, there are so many shortages in that thing. There are so many people. Every single time we do a news video on the PlayStation 5, most of the comments are people being like, Stop te yet. teasing us with this stuff. We can't <laughs> talk about it. We don't have one. This is putting um salt in the wound, which I do totally get to. I would to an extent. Just do like, I just a global like... poll just saying, like, hey, literally everyone, should we just hold off on this for like a year? Because those are like those are like the most that all all the comments we get are, well, I haven't got one yet, or I can't buy that yeah. yet. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, but we've got to cover stuff. Otherwise, we're not gonna, <laughs> you're not going to get anything done. But um, maybe it's... No, totally, yeah. But I feel like that's probably part of why, you know, it's not getting talked about as much as it mm. probably should be, you know, in terms of just how good it is. I feel like if this came out a few years into the generation when the production issues weren't a problem and more people had a PlayStation mm. 5, it'll be um, better discussed more widely and stuff. But it makes me wonder how much staying power this and the other games that we've had as well, like Returnal, like Demon's Souls, how much staying power they're going to have towards the end of the generation. Because I think the launch games this time around, even though there weren't that many of them, have been impressive. You know, mm -hmm. Spider-Man Miles Morales, Spider-Man Miles Morales are really good. Demon's Souls, really good. Ratchet yes. and Clank, really good. Returnal, for me, the best of the bunch, but still really good. That's, That's like pretty solid. solid games right there four big games right there and if you look at the other launch games for the previous generations i think they are just completely better than yeah. almost all of them but it makes me interested in how much longevity they're going to have whether or not we're going to be here in seven years time being mm. like hey remember demon souls remember ratchet and clank they're still some of the best that Honestly, gaming like, has to offer demons it feels like came out and everyone went oh my god those graphics and that was kind of it like i mean because it is like one-to-one -one, like in terms of the geo meshes of those levels i'm pretty sure it's a one-to-one -one remake in terms of the movement speed and the levels themselves and it, it just it is just a p it's a ps3 game with a ps5 skin which is great it's the best skin ever but it's it's one of those things where you know it's it's I feel like if Ratchet, do you, or do you feel like if Rift Apart had had been a launch game, so we were the that immediate rush of the PlayStation Five, where it wasn't dogged by the fact that Miles Morales was also on PlayStation Four, and it actually had something. I mean, even Returnal would have worked beautifully as a, a launch game, um, more so Rift Apart, because I feel like Rift Apart is this really big showcase of just look how much stuff we're loading, like every sort of few seconds, um, especially with those sequences where you're just tumbling through different realities over and over again, um, which is why I like when they make 
make it more controllable. You hit the crystal as much times as you want. I tried to break the PlayStation Five with that. I was I just hit the hit the crystal over and over. I'd load this, mate. See if you can load it five <laughs> times in a row, and uh, it kept up, so it was all right. But um, yeah, what do you think of like where we're at in terms of like you know? I guess that's a side thing, but like in terms of next gen showcases, I feel like if this was a launch, then there would be a way more there'd be some big bigger surge around the game in itself. Just going, oh my god, look what this thing can do. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, it's always going to get the benefit of the hype of the console itself. And mm. now, like you said, we're almost in this no man's land where it's six, seven months later and no <laughs> one can buy one. And we're getting like this trickle of new games that are hitting. But now we don't have any for like well, a actually, good while. Just, I, I mean, throw one little thing on. in here. Sorry. But like, do you, do you feel as well that there is a disparity or a, a disparaging sensibility towards platformers? Because I feel like I love platformers. One of my favorite genres. I love them. But I feel like a lot of people associate them with what they played when they were a kid and it's that sort of general thing like well i'm not going to prioritize a platformer like if this was a third person shooter if this was returnal style i feel like everyone would have leapt on it immediately totally there's definitely an element of that you know mm. um you even see it and not not using the comments as a kind of like you know barometer of what the general yeah, the, the, of what the general public think but you you see that kind of like creeping in when it comes to ratchet and clank and people being like well why is this 70 pounds you know it's just a 3d yes. platformer and I feel like there is a reason that Ratchet & Clank in the AAA space, in the blockbuster space, kind of went out of fashion until the 2016 game came around. Now we've got this, you know, 3D platformers in general on this scale when it comes mm. to AAA budgets, AAA production values. Like they just don't happen anywhere near as much as they used to be. They used to, sorry. And I do mm. feel like there's a stigma of, well, why would I pay all of this money to play a 3D platformer that's going to last me 15 hours tops? You know, when right. we're in a world now where things last... 200 hours and you've got online multiplayer you've got like they all only these robust shooting hours of that anyway yeah that's <laughs> true and i do think that kind of like sucks and that like just narrows the diversity of people's portfolios that's why we get mm. sony focusing almost exclusively on these kind of semi-open world to fully open world story driven kind of like single player games i love them but i don't want to subsist on a diet of them i want to see first person <laughs> shooters i want to see more 3d platforms i want to see 2d games i want to see fighting games i want to see more racing games mm -hmm. and I, I i want something like this to succeed because i want it to prove that yeah you can spend a lot of money and you can really sell one of these products, one of these genres that have kind of fallen out of fashion these days. Um, mm -hmm. And I just kind of want more of them because I, I feel like, you know, I feel like it is a self-fulfilling prophecy from the studios themselves who used to say horror is dead. And they used to convince people that horror is dead, even though people obviously like horror. And mm -hmm. I feel like part of that's coming in now. It's like, well, we're not making 3D platformers anymore, which means you don't like 3D platformers, right? And they're trying <laughs> to push that. But obviously people do. No, that's true. I think that, I mean, 3D platformer is one of my favorite genres. One of the most easily accessible genres. One of the things that you can just give to pretty much anybody. As long as you move the stick and jump, you're going to get something out of it. Um, but I feel like in this case, um, maybe maybe it, sh maybe it should have just made up that staple diet of a launch, con like a console's launch lineup. Maybe just should have been this right away so we could get the, the big feel for it. Because I remember when uh, Miles Morales dropped and it was like, well, it loads the entirety of New York in like two seconds. And that's really, really cool. But it wasn't really folded into the gameplay. And I think it's been one of those things where Ratchet and Clank shows that you can fold SSD stuff into the gameplay, but they're still not really doing it in a way that says like this can only be done on a PlayStation Five. Like it's not like you're, it's not like you have a weapon called like the SSD gun that is like loading stuff when you push pull the trigger. It's not like they're doing something that wouldn't work anywhere else. Um, they're getting there with some of the level loading stuff, but it's just sort of like okay, you put a load screen there, and but it's you've got around it again. Like it's not really anything that's like 
incredible. But um, to, to get all the way back to when we started and you were saying that, like, because when we've been messaging, like, today, like, you're, like, thoroughly impressed by it. Like, you're loving the graphics and the characters and the animation and everything. Um, have you been able to sort of pin down the thing that isn't that little X factor that, like, is missing? Is it just feel like a lot of it you've been there before? Because, I mean, it, it, for me, like, as a lifelong Ratchet and Clank fan, like, more so Jack and Daxter, obviously, but Ratchet and Clank as well. <laughs> um, you know, they've been doing these games for 20-odd years. And even in Rift Apart, you don't play as Ratchet and Clank for the mm-hmm. vast majority of the game. They don't actually come back together um, for a long, long time. Um, so have you been able to sort of drill down on the thing that is missing, or is it just that nebulous X factor that like a game either has or it doesn't. Yeah, I think it is literally in this case just personal taste. You know, I feel mm. like Ratchet and Clank as a series, I've always enjoyed, but I've never had that level of investment in it that, you know, a lot of people obviously had. Mm-hmm. I had a similar relationship with the 2016 game, like I said, where I thought it was really good, really enjoyable, really recommend- re- recommendable. But that it didn't one felt like we've been that. here before. Like that was like, yeah. here we go again. Like it's a glossy version of an old and a past gen platformer. Like that, that was right. like, I'm just, in this one, I, I don't know, something elevated it in this one, but sorry, carry on. No, totally. I just, you know, I feel like it's it's more comparable to that than I was expecting. I thought it was going to be, you know, a little bit more radically different, with, with but it's not, but it doesn't mm. have to be. Again, you know, it's it's fully just, I think, a taste thing. I can appreciate it from afar, like I said, like this immaculate piece of art. But sadly, you know, it's just not, it's not something that's going to hit that extra level for me. And that's <laughs> that's fine, you know, as the older I get, Scott Tilford, mm. the more I can appreciate that. Not everything has to be for me. Not everything good has to be made for me. There's going to be so many people who will enjoy it for the reasons that I'm enjoying it, but also get that extra thing out of it and just be like completely blown away. And mm-hmm. I can imagine, you know, if you're getting a PlayStation 5 for the first time, you're getting Ratchet and Clank and you're a little bit younger. Like if I played this when I was getting into gaming or, you know, you had that right. like optimism, that wide-eyed sort of, you know, just love for this stuff. Like you'd be absolutely, absolutely blown away because, you know, <laughs> I don't want to talk this whole video about the one thing that just doesn't click with me because um, there is so much in though. there worth you know, praising so much in there worth kind of, you know, championing because Mm -hmm. ultimately I do want to see more games like this and Insomniac as a whole, I want them to take positive things from it that they can incorporate into um, Miles Morales. You know, I was, Mm -hmm. I was saying to you before we started filming, you know, I, even though I'm not totally in love with Ratchet and Clank, I'm in love with what this means for Spider-Man 2. I'm in love with how they're going to take what they've brought to the table here and implement it in a series oh with God. characters that I do love, you know, like in, in take those lessons over mm. and hopefully I'll get to experience what you've experienced with this game in a franchise that I have an, I mean, I, like that's a major figure attachment to. Yeah, when I went through this, I just sat like a little child, just sort of just going, whoa, what? Oh, it's loaded all this, has it? Like, oh, I just loved it and just couldn't get enough of it. But it makes me wonder, you mentioned Spidey. Um, in Spider-Man Miles Morales, obviously the DLC thing, if you play it on, or the expansion E-Pack, Half-Step sequel, whatever the hell you want to call it, um, if you play that on PS5, um, I never, I don't know how much of this transfers across to the PlayStation 4 version, but there's one early fight where you're fighting a bunch of dudes outside a skyscraper that's covered in glass. It's like a glass-fronted skyscraper. And at one point... Um, you can either kick a guy through that glass to get there early or someone shoots you with a rocket and the whole side of the building breaks apart. Um, and you can then you swing inside and it's like, you're like, oh my God, it's loaded this entire interior and it's all right here. 
Um, and when you go back to it, compared to Ratchet and Clank, it's nothing because Ratchet and Clank is loading entire <laughs> worlds in seconds. But at launch, it was like, oh my God, they're launching this thing. And I guess it makes me wonder, like, yeah, like, do you feel like this was almost like a proof of concept? Because they, Insomniac have juggled a lot of stuff, like in the last sort of yeah. few months. And I think I did a tweet about this um, where it's just sort of like you, they did Spider-Man, then they remastered Spider-Man, then they did Miles Morales, then they did Ratchet and Clank. And it's just the amount of things that they've done um, in such a short period of time is kind of crazy. But I feel like, to me, Insomniac feel like they're getting towards the Rockstar Naughty Dog level. They, they are yet to do something with narrative weight, which I feel like is the the thing that's like hasn't put them up there yet. I mean, Spider-Man's close, but it's not a Last of Us and it's not a Red Dead. Um, but that whole feeling of like, look what this tech can do. Do you think ultimately this feels like a proof of concept? Like this is them sort of getting to grips with the PlayStation 5 and it'll be the next thing they do on, on the Spider-Man front and on the Ratchet front that'll be like the, oh my God, you guys... I don't even know how you do it. Do you have a gun that fires skyscrapers? Like, I have no idea what you do, <laughs> but you need to do something that lets you feel like you're literally weaponizing the system itself. Totally. I mean, yeah, you know, this is obviously built around the SSD um, mm. thing, and you can totally see that. But I do feel like, you know, for, for, I, I mean, this is a compliment. You know, it's, it's Insomniac getting to grips with the machine, getting to grips mm. with the technology. The fact that they've done something this impressive, like I said, this earlier on in the generation's life cycle, like that boards so well because then you get to take all of those lessons that you've learned and incorporate them for future playstation 5 games you know as a kind of proof of concept as a kind of test and flex of what the machines can do mm -hmm. i think it's going to be just so valuable not only for insomniac but for the other developers as well to be able to look at it and be like right we can do that that's a cool mm -hmm. idea let's take that let's blow it out let's kind of like put our own spin on it see what we can do um with similar ideas or similar rendering practices or whatever it is and i think you know you need those games at the start of the gen to deliver games that you get at the end of the gen though you yeah, know yeah. that would doubt in my mind for as good as ratchet and clank is and i need to stress yet again that it is really good we're <laughs> going to be going back to Five it in years time yeah, we're going to be going back to it in seven years' time thinking, oh, you remember when that blew us away? In the yeah. same way that we're looking at Miles Morales now thinking, remember when the skyscraper blew its glass out and we were blown away? Like, we've already <laughs> made a huge jump. I can only imagine the jump we're going to make mm. by the time, you know, PS5s are coming out, things are like God of War or Spider-Man or whatever is going to be. They're going to be exclusive, whether it's mm -hmm. God of War 3, whether it's Spider-Man 2. We're going to hopefully we're going to be in a position where we're looking back on this as the proof of concept of this is what kicked it off. Look how far we've come. That would be awesome. Yeah, that's the thing. I just I felt like because it's I think they like for me it, it ticked those boxes. Like it was it's the it's the first time you hit the crystal in the mining world. It's the uh, even the opening sequence where you're dropping between like four or five different biomes and you land on the dinosaur in one of them and then you fall through and you land on a completely different space and i get that because it is pre-rendered or sorry because it is a scripted sequence that they can render that in a way that doesn't seem as jaw-dropping when you're just like in the mining levels the first time you just get to go hog wild on a crystal and it loads the entire world around you over and over and over again that's when i was like okay ps5 let's just see what you can do like hitting this thing <laughs> um to see if i could break it and um, I think that's the stuff that I'm curious what they do with going forward, because it's like any first party studio can take full advantage of that stuff. But most third party studios aren't going to go anywhere near it because they need it to work on not even the um, Xbox Series X, but obviously the Series S as well. Um, and as one of the I forget the name of the dude that worked for Remedy, who was talking about how developing across so many different SKUs means that they can't go hog wild with the new tech yet. Um, or maybe ever, because they always have to factor in the Series S at some point if you're a third-party dev. Um, that makes me so curious on, like, are things like this, are instant loading and hitting a button and everything loading in immediately and whatever, are they going to stay as 
weird little flourishes that just you can't you fundamentally can't build an entire game around it unless you're first party um like did this sort of make you go like this is like a taste of the future or is it like this is too far off like an entire genre being built around cycling through worlds or something like that um in terms of the first party i don't think it's a taste of the future you know mm. i feel like you know those first parties even the second parties they're going to make the most of what the ps5 can do specifically but yeah mm. obviously like you said when it comes to the third party stuff when it comes to a game that's releasing across playstation 5 playstation 4 xbox series x series s <laughs> xbox one pc all of those other machines switch mm. or whatever it is obviously there's going to be a more limited scope we're not going to see everything take what Ratchet & Clank has provided here and build an entire game around them. We'll probably see, you know, the PS5 version of some third parties take ideas from it. Mm. Like, you know, obviously use the SSD, but not in a way where everything's built around it. Like you would hope and assume all the first parties are going to, like whether it's Sucker Punch, whether it's Naughty Dog, whether it's Santa Monica, whether it's whoever, mm. like you want to see them make the most of it. And if they don't, then that's a huge missed opportunity but i don't know why they wouldn't obviously you know games like horizon forbidden west games like god of war 2 ragnarok whatever mm. like they're going to be cross-gen they're going to be limited in some ways but that's not going to be forever that's not no. going to be like as the as the years go on we're going to eventually get these dedicated playstation 5 games and yeah it's going to take a long time but i do think we will easily leapfrog what we've got right now and what we've got right now is already pretty damn good and pretty damn yeah. accelerated for the gen in my opinion yeah yeah definitely i think it's like a hell of a starting point i kind of like i said i wish that they had this as a launch game i wish that some of the earliest um you know footage of the playstation 5 working was the scenes where you're just smashing a crystal in ratchet and clank and the entire world changes in like a second um because i feel like that stuff really just it, it was it's the cliched phrase but it shows off what the playstation 5 can do and i feel like a lot of the wider generation for the newest generation has been quite stilted it's sort of just been like a oh is this the new generation oh are we are we there yet like what are we waiting for okay well, well even in another year's time there's still something coming that's cross-gen so that that design of that game from the ground up couldn't fundamentally be made for new consoles and it kind of just it makes me stop and start a bit but i think the underlying wow factor with ratchet it was that loading stuff it was the seamlessness of it it was the sort of like tightness of the overall vision for it it didn't feel like they skimped out on anything um and it didn't thankfully for me as well it, uh, as well i don't think it felt like a tech demo it felt like it was implemented enough into the core gameplay feel that it was like okay this is you actually did make a game out of this um because part of me beforehand before it came out was thinking they would have like a like a rift maker gun like you would just you know you would yeah. fire other lo you'd fire entire biomes at people or something um or you would you know send them little pocket galaxies that would take characters somewhere else but if you paused it and looked through the hole you could see an entire world there or something and i think i wonder if that's going to be something they'll do even more going forward as they get more comfortable with it um, but not to worry. Do you have any closing thoughts on the old Ratchet and Clank? I didn't actually ask. Didn't actually ask you how far you got in it. Do you know how far off the end you are? I I think I'm about halfway. I've been doing I, most of the side stuff as I go. I'm literally at that. I'm at, I'm at the mining level, so I don't know where that is in terms of how it's like, long. It's about I yeah, have. like about half to three quarters ish. There's not that many levels. Okay. Here. Right, yeah. I feel like, yeah, like I said, I'm like about seven hours in um, and I've done a lot of the side stuff. Uh, it, to be fair, it's a, it's a kind of like final a final send-off. You know, I want to, again, <laughs> reiterate that I do think it's good. And if you're interested in it, you'll probably like it way more than it's I beautiful. do. But also, you know, I want to jump off what you were saying there. It does feel like, you know, a pretty substantial game. Yeah, it might only be 12 hours, 15 hours or whatever, but there's a lot of stuff in there. There's a lot of mm -hmm. optional um, side rips to get in there. There's a lot of optional armor sets to get you know there's a lot of collectibles and stuff and it doesn't feel like padding in my 
opinion. It feels yeah. like, you know, a substantial title and not just kind of like a six hour blitz through the campaign like it could have been. I was pleasantly surprised by how much content was actually on offer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the most part, that's that's enjoyable content as well. It's not like, like I said, you know, throwing your head at the brick wall just to try and get <laughs> this last bolt or whatever. At least I've not got that yet. I've gone for 100%. No, so I that might happen towards the end, but no, yeah. It's definitely one of the easiest platinums. Like I, that, I feel like there's a shift. This is a whole separate conversation, but I feel like there's a shift in the guard in regards to um, PlayStation want you to have a platinum to your name. Like they gave one away in Astro's Playroom. Um, very, very easy platinum to get. And I kind of think that that's a different thing now where they want people to have, like I have more platinums um, now that I've got from the last sort of like few months of owning a PlayStation 5 than I ever had from PlayStation 3 onwards. I think they're changing that stuff. Um, and Ratchet and Clank kind of plays into that as well. It's, as well, it's very easy to get that game's platinum minus searching for the Kragger bears, whatever they're called, the little teddy bear <laughs> things. Um, but you can use the built-in video function on the dashboard, which clearly we're all using. Clearly didn't forget about that <laughs> at all. Um, but not to worry. Um, I don't even remember what our sign-off is. We just like Ratchet and no. Clank. It's a good old time. I'm Scott Tilford, joined by Josh Brown. It's been a pleasure. Please don't hurt me for only thinking it's a four and a half star game. Please, please don't do it. Well, only, there's only me and you playing anyway, so don't worry about it. I don't think anyone can even come in. But yes, thanks everybody for listening. We'll catch you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.